What's going on, guys? We are back for week one of the NFL season. It's football time, and here on their own sports podcast, we want to make sure that you're ready to go for this busy time of the year. Looking for a place to bet? Want to try another book? Here on the AS Pod, we got the answer for you. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code Arone21. That is A-R-O-N-E 21, Arone21. You'll receive a 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks for your first deposit. Sign up now while you listen to Frank and I break down the week one slate. Thanks for the support and good luck this season. Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple life, but they're not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back. Welcome back to the Arone Sports Podcast. Welcome back to football season. What a great time of year. (laughs) Like a a kid on... uh, Christmas Eve night, right about to go to sleep, but can't quite get to sleep and just waiting to open up some presents. It's football season, baby, and uh, the Aron Sports Brothers are, are back here to break it all down from a betting perspective, so could be more excited. Um, but before we uh, get into it, we don't, we're not heading out to Vegas this time because old uh, Cropper's back, back in the great state of Minnesota in God's country, so instead of heading to Vegas, we're going to... Uh, Head straight upstairs to his room, checking with Crabber. How you doing there, Crab? Yes, sir. What's up, Frank? We back. I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm not doing too bad. How about yourself today? Oh, pretty good. Um, oh, pretty you know, good. Been reading a lot of stuff, listening to a lot of stuff. Got a little little taste with uh, college football last week, but um, I you know we're both more uh, college guys than we are pro guys, so definitely looking forward to the game here tonight, and then uh, full slate on on Sunday. So couldn't be more excited for it. Absolutely. You uh, anything new over the summer for you? You, you know, you've been betting a little baseball, but anything else interesting? Yeah, baseball full effect. Uh, it's been kind of a grind this year, that's for sure. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's just been a little rough. But what are you gonna do? That's uh, that's part of sports betting. It's kind of what you sign up for, and every day go in and go out and just putting it in. But yeah, I'm betting every day for the most part. A little MLB, CFL, and uh, yeah, now I'm just starting up some college and NFL. Like I said, I don't. Handicap college myself, but I still do bet it quite a bit. So uh, I'm not into college quite as much as NFL, but uh, you know, still got to make money wherever you can. Yeah, I hear there. I've uh, got into some DraftKings golf, pretty pretty heavy, uh, basically since the spring, and it's been going pretty good. So that's been really fun. Quite a few good sweats there on the on the DK golf. So actually qualified for the Fantasy Golf World Championship. Only 200 people in the world did so. That was fun. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, I ended up getting like seven out of 200, so it wasn't anything too impressive, but still got like three grand for it. So, uh, you know, not all bad. That was a fun experience. And they actually have one for football this year. And I haven't done a whole lot of, I've obviously played fantasy football for a long time. Like I know we both have, like pretty much everybody has, but never done a whole lot of into the 
delved into the DraftKings fantasy realm for football. So might try to get that a shot this year and see if I could qualify for the world championship of fantasy football. Um, but anyway, we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. But more importantly, uh, I think what, uh, you know, is both our strengths more so than anything, it's just, uh, betting on the games here and, and breaking them down and giving some insight. So I think how this pod's going to work, uh, for week one, at least is, uh, I'll read the game and the current line side in total, and then I'll send it over to you. And then you can give the opening line back, uh, from the spring where it opened at and, uh, give your take on it and then I'll give my take on it and we'll just go game by game like we normally do. And then at the end of the pod, we'll do our AS pick of the week and we'll call it a week. And then, uh, this, this week we didn't uh, record the pod until Thursday. The, uh, the Thursday nighter is about to go on about an hour and a half here, but then, uh, next week and every week after that, we'll go back to our normal schedule of releasing them Tuesday nights. So we just had to, to get set up here and due to our schedules and whatnot. We're a couple days behind here this week, but I know in the past week one pods, you know, we have some opinions here and there, but I'm definitely the type of guy that likes to watch a little bit. And we uh, have a setup down here in the basement where we can watch eight games at once. So we can kind of get a feel for most teams or, you know, at least take a couple strong opinions out. So I definitely have a little bit more well-formed, uh, stronger opinions here as the week goes on, but still I've had a couple of opinions here well, for the first no, week. No, so. that, just to add to that, it's it's one of those deals too. I mean, these lines have been out, which I'll get to them from the Westgate openers. These lines have been out since the end of April, right around when the NFL draft was. So, I mean, it's pretty hard to find any value at this point. I mean, you can, but it's the, the, it's been all summer and there's so much time and research that people can do with the Sharps, the, the bookmakers and everything to, to hammer these lines into play between the trades that have happened and seeing a little bit of preseason and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's kind of hard from a better's perspective to try to get a whole lot of value here late, uh, right before the season's about to kick off a few days before. So this is definitely not the, the most ideal week or not necessarily the, not, not, not a most ideal week, but necessarily the most uh, you know, ideal time to bet the, these week one lines. Yeah. And then uh, um, with that being said, instead of just like watching the games uh, to see the kind of how good you think the teams are going forward, it's also – uh, important to kind of look at where the lines end up this week and kind of get a sense of how the market values the teams here because that's almost as important as anything just to see kind of where the teams are valued at and these numbers are very telling along with the season win totals uh for you know how good the the market believes these teams are and then if we see something in in week one when as we're watching the games that doesn't quite jive with what that market comes back on a week two then that's our time to jump so Without further ado, we'll uh, get right into it. We'll just quickly go over the Thursday night game since it'll be over by the time anybody listens to this. So uh, you'll get to see <laughs> people that listen to it in the future. We'll get to see uh, how spot on or how you know off we were on these games. So it looks like right now um, there's been a little bit of Atlanta money this morning, but it looks like it's pretty much in the pick'em range for the most part, with a total of forty-four and a half or so. So what uh, what did this game open at, Rob? Yeah, so this game here, I'll just, uh, like I always do, get my power rating and then head right to the Westgate opener, Westgate Superbook over there in uh, fancy Las Vegas, which I haven't been to in a while, but I'm sure I'll be making a visit there soon. Uh, that's what we'll use for our opener. Uh, that's just kind of a good indicator, like you kind of mentioned, to see where this game's moved and where we can you know, expect to see it or where it was uh, originally until now. So, uh, yeah, my power rate on this game, I had uh, Philadelphia minus one and a half. Westgate opened Philadelphia minus four, and again, this was late April-ish is when it opened. Uh, Philadelphia minus four, and then the total was 47. So 
a little bit of move, move downwards on the total and as well as a little bit of money on Atlanta. And a lot of that had to do with the Foles as quarterback over Wentz. That moved it from about four down to like the two, two and a half range. And then slowly this morning and stuff, actually got quite a bit of money coming in and moved, pushed Atlanta down to about a pick em, And I even see some ones in some spots. Atlanta favorite minus one. So uh, as for my handicap on this game, I mean, my numbers tell me kind of look towards Philadelphia, especially at this number. I would be, uh, that'd be where I'd lean. I think there's a little bit of value there. But the problem is, I just feel like Philadelphia is due for a little bit of regression. I mean, they uh, overachieved pretty well last year, uh, won the Super Bowl, obviously, and lost their starting quarterback that was their star quarterback, and then Foles comes in and plays like an all-star. So, I mean, just, uh, you know, the law of averages, I'd say uh, they're, they're due for a little bit of regression here, and I think Atlanta's a pretty solid team, but it is week one. So, I mean, I think uh, anything can happen still. It's just one week. It's not the whole season. So, I mean, I'd, I'd look towards Philadelphia, if anything, but definitely don't love it at any means uh, right in this pick range. Yeah, I don't want to come out fuming here with a hot take immediately on Thursday night game one of the whole season. But but, <laughs> <laughs> but anybody who's justifying a pick on Philadelphia by saying, oh, well, you know, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl last year, should their takes just immediately be dismissed. And I don't want to go as far as to say they're an idiot, but definitely don't factor in their advice and any further handicapping because like Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, Eli Manning's won a Super Bowl had unbelievably hot stretches where they, you know, played, put together three, four games, looked incredible, and then came back the next year or the years after and just fell flat on their face. So yeah, kind of like, like a golfer, Foles, but kind of like a golfer getting hot or something. You can get hot for a weekend or a few weeks when yeah. they just fall flat, flat off the earth. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he got hot, you know, kudos to him. Definitely deserves the, the Lombardi trophy. Definitely deserves the accolades. But, uh, I think his, real skill level or his true skill level is much more likely to be shown here. And he always looked terrible during the preseason. And I think that's part of where this move comes from is kind of a reaction to that. It's just how poor he's looked in the preseason. So, I mean, I think is a perfect example. If you got in at four or four and a half or three and a half or even three with Atlanta, you have a great bet in your pocket. If you didn't, you kind of missed the boat, and I can't justify telling you to lay one or bet it at a pick right now. So uh, I think this is a good example. I don't have any interest really coming back on Philly at all. I, I think Atlanta's going to win the game. But at this point, you kind of missed the boat, so let's just uh, move on. Let's get into the Sunday slate now. Uh, the first game up we got here is uh, one of the 1 o'clock Eastern games on Sunday. Is Pittsburgh heading to Cleveland? Uh, Pittsburgh without Le'Veon Bell. I think that's official now that it uh, looks like James Conner is going to get the start for the Steelers at running back because of a contract situation hold out for Le'Veon Bell. But looks like the Steelers right now are about four-point favorites and the total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh minus four and a half. The Westgate opened Pittsburgh six and a half back in April, and the total opened 47 and a half. Uh, common, th- uh, common theme here, I'll say it throughout, but Every total almost on the board just getting hammered down. I mean, it's uh, kind of crazy. It's almost, especially with the preseason, with these penalties that they're calling, at least early in the preseason, about uh, you know some of the roughing the passers and other things to try to protect quarterbacks or pr- protect the offensive players with the sh- lowering of the shoulder. So you would think that uh, produce higher scoring. So it's kind of you know against uh, what you'd think uh, just going down here. But almost every game on the board, except for maybe one or two, have moved several points uh, to the under so it's kind of crazy or something to keep note of there i think it's kind of interesting um from the openers um but as, as for this game um 
you know, like you said with Le'Veon, he's out, and most people would say he's one of the best players in the league, which is probably true. I think on fantasy and everything, he's one of the top players. If you're in an auction, or going to take him in the first round for sure. So he's a highly touted player. But as for the point spread's concerned, I mean, he's worth a lot for a running back, but running backs are really worth not that much compared to like a quarterback or or other players. But I mean, the quarterback's the biggest of anything. So I mean, I'd say I think I have Le'Veon here worth about a point, point and a half to the point spread. And you kind of see that adjustment kind of slowly a little bit down, but I think that's something to keep note of too. Don't overreact too much with that uh, the levy on uh, the bell out, although it does make a big difference. Uh, it's for the point spread concern, not a huge difference. Uh, but as for this game, uh, I, I don't have much on it. Um, I'd say a little bit of value on Cleveland, like there always is, but I'm just going to kind of take it slow, kind of like at the end of last year. I kind of just held off on Cleveland and uh, let, let uh, even a little bit of value, I thought, just for my numbers, I just couldn't do it. And then good thing, because it just would have cost me money. So I think I'm going to kind of wait and see with Cleveland. They're the one team where I'm not going to just blindly tr- trust the numbers or trust uh, what I think I should bet on. It's more so I got to, you know, they're going to have to prove it to me type of thing. And I don't know if anybody's watched the hard knocks at all, but it's kind of, you know, hard to, to back up what, the, what they got going there from seeing some of the stuff, the, you know, the coaching and other avenues that they, they're going with the coaching st- staff there. So like I said, I'll kind of wait and see with Cleveland, but I think if you're going to look anywhere, I think you got to look to the Cleveland side again. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself here because to Why is that? kind of piggyback on your um, point scored point, I guess, <laughs> for, for lack of a vocabulary. Um, I was looking, I saw on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, someone posted a graph of average points scored by week in the NFL. And if, if memory serves, I was going to pull it up here to give the exact numbers, but if memory serves, the first week, the total points scored or the average points scored per game is is like a few points lower than uh, the rest of the weeks. And I think that's probably part of the reason, too, why the totals have kind of been bed down is because usually the offenses take a little bit of uh, time to kind of click. And you know, especially now that they play so little in preseason, like the, the Bears – uh, first string they didn't even play in the third preseason game which is usually the dress rehearsal so if you have a team coming out like that that's only been able to play in practice they're you know they're probably going to be a little rusty and usually the defenses are takes them less time to get used to game speed than it does the offenses really click and, and get fire on all cylinders so i think that's i think that's a pretty logical justification for why those numbers have been getting bet down but as you said with the new penalty rules where you know, 15 yards for contact anywhere near someone's head, uh, that could very easily blow up a lot of these unders, even if the games aren't really high-paced, the offenses aren't clicking. You just have a couple turnovers or a couple penalties here and there. Uh, you know they, they might sail over these low totals. So it'll be interesting to see um, how it plays this week. But in terms of this game in particular, um, how many times have we seen Pittsburgh go into Cleveland or Cincinnati or one of these lesser teams in their division and just kind of struggle on the road? It just seems repeatedly like I got Big Ben in a lot of my fantasy teams and just him on the jam road. Cleveland. What? So jam Cleveland? Is that what you're saying or what? No, I'm just saying like, I, I think this number seems kind of short where I, I, I want to take Pittsburgh and I just think people like how what would, how many times did the Sharps jump on Cleveland last year and just get crushed? I mean, they what went four and twelve against the spread last year. Which which week didn't they? I think it'd be easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They go four and twelve against the spread last year, and I know I was guilty over the beginning of the season because I'm like, this is just too high, and you know, NFL is it's it's too much of a you know, there's too much parity in the NFL. Like, you, even if a team's bad, 
just the point spread is a great equalizer, and it's gonna it's gonna even out. But from you know last year they went four and twelve, they didn't even out. And I'm not saying it's, they're gonna go four and twelve again this year, um, but this, it kind of starts off the same way we thought about it last year. It's like, uh, you know, you know they can slide under that four. This isn't too bad. And then you're 20 minutes into the game, you're like, oh yeah, never mind, they're Cleveland. And uh, I think Tyrod will be an upgrade for him at quarterback because at least he's not going to be terrible and turn the ball over. So I, I like that. Um, but I just think if it's basically this is all dependent on Pittsburgh. If they can play a good road game for a change, I think they cover pretty easily. And if they struggle like they have historically fairly frequently, then uh, I think Cleveland's pretty live. So I'd, I'd like to think Pittsburgh's going to put it together, but not a spot where I feel confident enough in that to really put my money on it. So that's my opinion on the game. Next game is going to be a fun one for us Minnesota Viking fans. We got the 49ers of San Francisco heading to U.S. Bank Stadium to play the Minnesota Vikings. Doo-doo. And looks like the Vikes are, you don't got the horn sounder yet? I can get uh, it. Looks like the Vikes are six and a half point favorites with a total of 46 or so. Yeah, my power rating here on this game, uh, Minnesota minus seven. The Westgate opened back in April, Minnesota four and a half, and the total 47 and a half. And this one here, I mean... Uh, I don't. I don't have a whole lot to be honest. Uh, keep it short and sweet. I mean, it's gonna be a good game. I hope uh, Minnesota can come out and look pretty good. And I'm a little worried with Minnesota's offensive line. I think that's gonna be the biggest uh, Achilles heel this season, if anything. Because otherwise, they're pretty well put together for the most part, as long as Kirk uh, can can play good and, and play consistent, not turn the ball over. And I am a pretty big Kirk fan. I think uh, he did quite a bit there in Washington. I think that team is gonna struggle quite a bit without him, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm just. Uh, a little bit overvalued him, but I liked him even before we got him. I think he was a good. Uh, I know. I know the money is definitely the the equalizer in the in the whole thing. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily worth the the big contract, but I'm uh, really excited to see how he can come out and play. And I just hope that the the offensive line can kind of get put together here, where we can at least uh, hold them up to give them some time and uh, to you know throw down field and, and get uh, get the ball moving. But as for this game, I don't know. It's uh, I, I think if anything, I have a small lean towards Minnesota. I think they're going to kind of come off uh, first game at home here. I think they're going to kind of blow the doors out. And I think, if anything, San Francisco might be a little overrated, especially with uh, what Garoppolo did at the end of last year and how good he came after he got traded from uh, New England. So, if anything, I lean to Minnesota. But as you know, if you listen to the podcast, I'm not much of a guy that's going to lay many points. Uh, and it's not quite seven, but, I mean, anything at six, six and a half, I think you'd look that way, if anything, but not not, not something I love. Yeah, I was, uh, I was hoping, like, last – I think I tweeted it out last, I don't know, April or whenever the lines were released – and that was the time where Sam Jimmy G had won what is four first four or five games started with San Francisco and beat I think Jacksonville in there and a couple quality teams and the hype train was just kinda out of control. Every everything you listen to and hear about the NFL, they'd almost always mention, you know, Jimmy G and you know, next year they're gonna be great and their odds of win the Super Bowl were like twelve to one or something ridiculous at one point. And I was just as a Vikings fan, especially like right after they lost, you know, got blown out by the Eagles. And that was kind of a put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I'm like, boy, this couldn't be sweeter. Just all off season of, you know, everyone going on and on about Jimmy G and the people were just remembering the Vikes is getting blown out of the building at Philly. I'm like, if this can get down to three, I would just absolutely hammer the Vikings and that, and love that. But unfortunately, the, the San Fran team kind of seemed to die. Uh, especially towards the end of the summer. I don't know. I haven't really heard much talk of them at all. Like I've heard them being like, you know, a, a solid team, but not that huge sleeper team that 
the bandwagon was really uh, kind of stalled out there, I think, during the offseason, which is a little disappointing because I do like the Vikes team quite a bit, and I think I think Cousins is going to be a significant upgraded quarterback, and not not from what Keenum produced last year because I think he did play really well and way above his actual ability level. But I do think for likely production this year, I think what they would have got out of Keenum bringing him back versus what they're going to get out of Cousins, I think is a significant upgrade. So pretty high on this Vikes team. Um, yeah, I, I, it's like first game with a new quarterback, though, and um, I just don't know if the offense will be clicking on all cylinders quite yet. So and I, like you said, I'm not someone that likes to lay near a touchdown either. So I'd, I'd be pretty tempted to tease this game, though, tease it down to a half point and pair it up with a, you know another game or two and I feel pretty confident they're going to win the game. It's just I don't know if I feel 100% confident that they're going to uh, you know be able to score a ton of points. So that'd be the way I'd look in the game would be teasing the Vikings uh, if, if I was going to play it. Next game, it's kind of a dud uh, on paper, but I'm actually really excited for this game. Uh, Cincinnati heads to Indianapolis, and Indianapolis was laying three for a while, but it looks like there's been a little bit of Cincy money here. It looks like it's down to two and a half. Uh, with a total of 48. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Indy minus three. And the Westgate opened Indy two and a half, and the total was 47. Um, actually got to play on both these games, actually, already. Uh, I'm on Cincy a little bit at the plus three number, I believe I got it at. Uh, so, yeah, I do agree with that money coming in. I think uh, Cincy, uh, Aline Cincy there, I think Luck's going to have a little bit of trouble. I think he's, you know, he's got quite a bit of publicity coming in. I'm a big, I'm a pretty big Luck fan, but I think he's going to be a little rusty, and I don't think he's going to perform up to what uh, he will be in the middle of the season, assuming he stays healthy, which is a big if. But uh, I think since he's got, uh, I think they're a little bit of a sneaky team. I'm not super high on Cincy, but I think they might be able to start the season out a little strong. Um, I think they have a good chance here coming in and winning outright here. So I like them plus three if you can still find a three. That's what I got it at. And then also with the total, uh, I'm on the over here. I can't really recommend it anymore. I got in on it at 46. I think I believe is what I locked in at, but uh, right now it's sitting at about 48, 48 and a half. I think I got that in last week. So I don't really, I can't really have much to say on the total. I think it's kind of, especially 48, 47, those are two pretty key numbers here on totals in the NFL. So being though those are two key numbers, uh, I would probably stay away. I think it's just not a whole lot of value left at 48, 48 and a half, but uh, that'd be the way I'd lean, if anywhere, uh, over the total there. Yeah, I pretty much echo that completely. I uh, like... Like Cincy quite a bit. I was kind of surprised because I thought it was going to be kind of an under-the-radar thing, too, with, you know, just running back the Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton and uh, just, you know, the whole Cincy, like, fan base city, whatever. It's just about as unsexy as it gets from a likelihood of people to back them standpoint. But I've listened to quite a few different podcasts and read quite a few different articles, and there's actually been a shocking amount of support for Cincinnati just in this game and you know, and like being a somewhat of a sleeper, you know, steal a wild card spot in the week AFC. So that's kind of gave me pause a little bit, but I, I definitely like Cincinnati quite a bit at three, just because we don't know how healthy sure. Luck is. If he's not, if he's not healthy, uh, that's a great number. And if, even if he is, I still think it's a pretty fair number. So, um, yeah, I, I like, I like Cincinnati quite a bit. Uh, the two and a half, it's it sucks that you missed out on the three, but I don't know. I think they're going to win the game outright myself. So if you have to, maybe you know, take them on the money line and get a little plus money for them. And I also agree with the over. Uh, you kind of missed the boat a little bit, but I don't know. I think this game is going to be not a classic 
shootout where they score every time and last team that holds it wins. But I do think they'll there's going to be quite a few points scored in this game. So I concur on both sides there. Uh, next game up. This is not quite as sexy of a game. We got Buffalo heading to Baltimore. And it looks like Baltimore is laying seven and a half at home with a total of 40 and a half. Yeah, I uh, echo you there. Uh, power rating here, Baltimore minus eight. Westgate open, Baltimore four. Pretty low uh, opener there, that's for sure. And then uh, uh, the total 42 and a half. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with the Peterman. Your boy uh, Nathan Peterman getting getting the getting the nod there for quarterback for Buffalo. Um, pretty a little pathetic, I'd say. You can't beat out Peterman, but uh, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is just a Buffalo team I want no part of, especially right now. I just uh, I have them. Uh, my power rating is the one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. I just think they're going to be. Was it Buffalo last year that said they're going to be a really bad team and they surprised everybody? Or I know there's a few different. Yeah, teams they sold like off that. all their pieces. They traded Sammy Watkins and they traded uh, who was it? I don't know, a couple different guys. And it looked like yeah. they were just fire selling to try to get the first pick and just tank. And then they ended up reeling off a bunch of just garbage wins with a bunch of turnovers and you know just ridiculously conservative play. And then they snuck into the playoffs and then. Uh, went down to Jacksonville and put up three points in the playoff game. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think we might see the Buffalo that people thought of last year uh, coming up this year. So, I'm uh, definitely not too high on Buffalo. And uh, like I said earlier in the the earlier game, I don't like laying big points. I mean, but if I'm going to go anywhere, it's either Baltimore pass for me, even with that high seven, seven and a half points. But I just just can't take Buffalo. I just can't do it this early in the season, especially – watching Peterman struggle here and I just uh doesn't sound like anything I want to put my money on right now so it's just gonna be a pass for me more, more than likely so well I mean you know once once Peterman gets a little game experience like he's got I think you know the Super Bowl is the ceiling for him <laughs> <laughs> at least um, one right yeah I uh I don't know I don't think Whoa! I could good, I don't think I can a good conscience uh advise anybody to bet Buffalo, but at the same time, I'm really not in love with this Baltimore team either. Uh, I know they have a pretty solid home field advantage, so that's that's been the case here for, for years now. So, you know, maybe the fans will be all riled up knowing that they got a sacrificial lamb that is Peterman and Buffalo coming in there, so they'll maybe run out the score and try to get the fans into it early and uh, build up some publicity because I know Harbaugh is a little bit on the hot seat here, even though I think he's a really good coach. He's definitely had a little bit of heat with how mediocre they've been, but I'm just not really a fan of Flacco at all. Uh, I think he's, at best, an average quarterback. And uh, even like their skill position players, they bring in Crabtree as their number one and John Brown, who was like the Cardinals' third receiver last year, and then Alex Collins as a running back. There's just not a ton of talent on the Baltimore team, so they're really not a team I would have. I mean, that might be if you had to tell me to bet, if I had to bet one side this week, the absolute last, I would absolutely pick this laying seven and a half with this Baltimore team. I had no interest in that as bad as Buffalo is. But I think people are overreacting a little bit to Peterman throwing the five interceptions last year because even if even if he plays you know poorly or average or whatever, there's no way he's going to play that bad again. Uh, you know, knock on wood. You never know. <laughs> well, you never know there, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, well, we can replay this next week if I meet my words if he throws six interceptions. Oh, but... Trust me, it'll be on the, it'll be on the bit. <laughs> but this is a game, too. I, I mean, I guess you could tease Baltimore because I do think they probably win the game. But um, I just don't trust them at all. I don't really like the team at all. So I think this is pretty much a stay away game. I didn't know you got a new nickname over the summer. What's that? Old Frankie Tease. <laughs> just tease every game. Um. 
Next game up we got is Jacksonville heading to the New York Giants. Looks like Jacksonville's laying three on the road with a total of 42.5. Yeah, let's see. I got uh, my power in here, Jacksonville three. Westgate open Jacksonville minus four, and the opener on the total was 44. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of opinion here. Kind of number settled in right where it was. Uh, I liked it at four. I actually am on the Giants here at three and a half. I'm not super high on the Giants as some people are this year. I think, uh, Eli, I'm not really a big Eli fan. I don't, I think he's going to struggle, but at the same time, I think that they so underachieved last year. I mean, it's just almost impossible that with the talent that they have, I think that they're going to regress a little bit back to the mean, which would be, you know, regress back to up a little bit and play a little bit better. Um, they just you know, played so poorly last year. They had a lot of things go against them, and the defense, I think, kind of just threw in the towel type of deal. So I think, and they also don't have uh, your boy with the Denny's menu uh, calling plays and on the on the offense on the sideline anymore. So they got a new coach, and uh, I think they'll be uh, rejuvenated here a little bit this season. Uh, that's why I'd like them here coming out at home. I'm a little bit lower on Jacksonville. I think kind of the opposite for them. I think they're kind of going to go the opposite way. I'm not a Bortles fan. I think he's going to kind of make more mistakes that are going to cost him this year. I think the defense isn't going to be quite as good. And uh, with that, with the defense not being as good, I think it's going to force Bortles to be throwing from behind a little bit more or more often than they did last year. And I think that's going to cause him to make mistakes and uh, kind of show his, his true colors, no Phil Collins. So, um, yeah, I think uh, two of these teams that you kind of uh, – Giants a little bit lower, from, uh, be a little bit better than last year, and the Jacksonville is kind of going to regress back uh, a little bit worse. So I think a little bit of value here at the Giants at home. Uh, if you can, Even at three, I think I'd still lean, but uh, I, I liked it at three and a half, which, which is where I got it, and it's a little bit harder to uh, still recommend it at, at a flat three. Well, you didn't see the report, or the uh, the Jacksonville head coach said he wanted Bortles to have zero turnovers this year, so I thought that was a pretty brilliant strategy. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good It'll strategy. It'll be interesting to see if more coaches copy that strategy. Wow, that's brilliant. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, so... Basically, if you're going to take the three points, you got to think, is there any way to be able to keep it within the three if they don't get any turnovers their way? <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, no, you, yeah, your your guy Ben McAdoo is out as the Giants head coach, so you'd sure think Shermer's going to be an upgrade to that, from that, you, you'd think. Cause you'd I, I was so. I thought Shermer did a great job as the Vikings OC last year, and he struggled in Cleveland his one year as a head coach there, but you know who, who doesn't, so yeah. maybe you can give him a pass for that. Um, I think there will be a pretty significant coaching upgrade. So, I, and I do think, like you said too, they underachieved quite a bit last year. So, I wouldn't go as far as to say the Giants are a you know Super Bowl contender or going to likely win the division. But I, I will think I do think they'll be uh, significantly improved. So, um, I'll probably be on them a decent amount. And then I'm I'm really not a fan of Jacksonville. I, you know, they got a good defense, but as we know. Uh, really good to elite defenses they don't really correlate year to year necessarily as much like they could still be good but if, if they have like the eighth best defense in the league and then you have that portals offense with zero playmakers you know like keelan cole or whatever his name is is their number one and fournette i guess is you know solid but um you, you know in this day and age a running back's not enough by himself to carry an offense so if their defense regresses just a little bit you know, they, 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 as a team, they could regress significantly. So I, I like the Giants quite a bit here. Uh, just getting points. Kind of almost similar to Cincinnati, even though it's a slightly different situation. Uh, if you want to take the three, I'm cool with that. Or if you just want to bet them on the money line, it seems to me like if you bet Cincy and Giants money line, it, I mean, I don't know how you don't split those at least. You know, get some plus money back. So I, I like the, the old Giants bold here. statement to start the season here with from Frank. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not an Eli fan at all, but. 
you know, it'll be interesting. I think the Giants out of any team, they'll be one of those teams where watch them a time or two. And um, I think it'll be, you'll gain the most information from just about anybody. Cause if Eli's got anything left in the tank, even though I haven't been a believer in a while, like how Barkley fits in, if OBJ is healthy and ready to go after his injury last year. And then if their defense, because a lot of people are pegging their defense to be pretty good going into last year, and then they're just atrocious. So if they could come back and be at least a respectable defense, I think there could be some value on the Giants heading going forward here. Next game is Tampa at New Orleans, NFC South battle. Uh, Jameis Winston's out for this one, so we got Fitz Magic at the helm for the Bucks. Uh, looks like the Saints are laying nine and a half. I see a couple tens. Sorry, I'm a little late to that one. <laughs> I didn't expect you to get that one going already early in the season. <laughs> oh, I had to had to fill in the Fitz magic right out of the shoot. Uh, total forty nine and a half. Well, what do you think here? Uh, yep, my power rating here: New Orleans minus ten, Westgate open, New Orleans seven, and uh, the total here fifty two. Mm. To be honest, I got nothing on this game. I mean, I just uh, I, I feel like this could be a game where New Orleans just comes in at home and just blows the doors out of Tampa Bay. I know it's a divisional game and everything, but it's just. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really have much in this game, so I don't. It'll be interesting to see. I think New Orleans is going to be a, one of the best teams in the league this uh, this year, and we'll see what happens. I think it's going to a lot depend on Breeze. I think he's going to regress here at some point, uh, just like those older quarterbacks do, just fall off a cliff. But I don't really want to bet on it being this year. But it'll be interesting to see moving forward how it's going to, everything's going to shake out uh, with this New Orleans team and in Tampa Bay. I'm kind of just, uh, you know, pretty meh on, I guess I would say. So I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I, I I think Fitzmagic is uh he does have some, you know he's uh, what's the word for Fitzmagic? I'd say he's he can he can do things, but he also he looks good sometimes. But you know he's just average and then just really very plain. So I don't know. I think he's he's okay at leading the helm. He's not going to be tragic, but he's definitely not going to make uh make a bunch of wins either. So I don't know. I, like I said, I couldn't be any more uh, have any less of a feel on this game here. So it's just a pass. See, I tend to disagree. I think, I think Fitzpatrick's a pretty high variance player. I think he can, you'll see him threaten the needle to rip off fourteen straight, and then all of a sudden he'll throw a terrible pick six, and you're like, how is that the same guy? And uh, you know he'll randomly go out there and throw it all over the field and beat a pretty solid team, and then he'll go out there and put up an absolute stinker against the worst team in the league. And but if, if you're going to peg one thing that you know Ryan Fitzpatrick does especially on a bad team with zero expectations, getting a ton of points, is he finds the back door. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Um, so, I think... That's what he does. Yeah, we're like a... This is like an offense here. We got to get your uh, your sounders in sync here. Get them firing all cylinders, get the timing down. But uh, we'll figure that out here as the season goes. But, yeah, um... I mean, that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does is he sneaks in the back door. Someone someone left it open, and uh, I, I like him. I, I, I could see them – like can't you see be one of those games where they're down, I don't know, 14 nothing early, and then all of a sudden it's 24-3, to and then you turn that game, put it on the very side TV, and all of a sudden like, well, let's cut back to New Orleans where Tampa Bay all of a sudden is only down eight. And you're like, well, hey, how does that say you're, talking, you're talking about uh, the playoff against the Vikings, or you're talking about the New Orleans game here against Tampa Bay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think he'll come back and need a miracle to beat him necessarily. That's but a Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I think Tampa's not necessarily live to win, but um, I don't know. I think it's one of those games where it'll come down to a, 
last second drive by Fitzpatrick to seal off a, a comeback to tie it up and he'll throw a horrible pick and fall short and New Orleans win by seven. So um, I kind of like Tampa. That won't be my favorite bet of the week, but uh, that's definitely the way I lean, especially if it gets up to 10. Like an interdivision game, week one, we don't really know how good these teams are. And New Orleans, you got Breeze another year older. Even last year, they ran the ball pretty frequently. And they kind of took it not totally out of Breeze's hands, but they're definitely uh, not quite as high-paced as they used to be. And then Ingram's hurt, so, you know, is Camaro lead back? Not really. So, you know, I'm sure he'll make a play or two, but they're going to have whatever Williams or some random scrub getting the majority of the the load um, between the tackles. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's uh, primed for a New Orleans blowout. So, I, I, I like Tampa there. Next game should be a fun one. We got Houston heading to New England. New England is laying six, six and a half, and a total of 50 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, New England six and a half. The opener, New England six and a half, and the total is 51. So, not a whole lot of movement. My numbers are right there. I do got a little bit of bet on Houston, but I'm not my, myself. I'm not super uh, in love with that by any means. It's just hard to bet against New England. So, keep it short and sweet here. I don't have a whole lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Watson, how he can come back after this big injury because he was pretty dominant last year. So, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up, and especially with their defense getting healthier uh, with Watt and Merciless uh, and, and the rest of the, the, the squad. I know they're the two main ones. It'll be interesting to see. They could be a pretty dangerous team, but I could also see them losing a couple injuries and then be back to where they're at the bottom of the totem pole again. So, I think they're a pretty high-variance team, and I'm uh, really curious to see how they play uh, the Patriots here. I think they do have a chance uh, to win outright even. Uh, but I could also see him losing uh, pretty handedly as well. But I, uh, like I said, I got a small bet on uh, at Houston six and a half, but I don't love it either way. Yeah, I pretty much the same way. I don't really have a feel for you know New England. You pretty much know what you're going to get. They'll be good. Um, Houston, I agree. They're a pretty high variance team. I I wouldn't even though New England's right in that teaser zone where you could tease them down to Frankie T through yeah through three and to zero basically. Um, I still wouldn't do it because I do think Houston's about as high variance as any team in the league. I could see him being really good if Watson comes back and is fully healthy and he got, you know, Hopkins and Fuller and that defense comes back and plays really well. Or, or I could see him, you know, just not quite being right totally. And Watson, like, somewhat not back from injury, somewhat sophomore slumping. Uh, you know, Watt maybe lost a step as he's getting older and just – kind of just the season not really going their way. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm really interested to watch this game. I think this is one of the most interesting to watch from a just fan viewership perspective. But in terms of betting perspective, no real opinion on the game here for me. Uh, now, now the kind of the polar opposite. We got the Titans of Tennessee heading to Miami as road favorites. Looks like the Titans are laying one on the road with a total of 45. Yep, they are. They sure are. Um, my power rating here, Tennessee, one and a half. Westgate open Tennessee two and a half and the total forty six and a half. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's this is a game here. I'm not in love with, but I would look at the Miami side of anything. I think Tannehill's going to be a big upgrade from Cutler, just not only on, on the field but in the locker room. Smoking Jay, <laughs> reality TV star. Oh yeah, my, my fault. I forgot about that. Good point, Frank. Um, no, but uh, I think Miami. They just had a, a tough start last year. There's nothing that they can control. Obviously, with the Hurricane Irma. Um, and getting their quarterback getting punched out of the game, uh, what was that? Was that in preseason or before preseason? But towards the end, uh, towards the start of the season, when close to the season, so it was pretty tough to prepare for that. Get a quarterback in there and get in rhythm with the offense, especially when you got your boy smoking Jay. 
But, uh, you know, I think so they had to get that game postponed, that first game against, uh, who was that against? Was that Tampa? Yeah, uh, and then they had no bye the rest of the way. Yeah, no bye. straight weeks. Yeah, just a long season. So I think they'll be a little refreshed here, rejuvenated to be able to come back and uh, kind of be able to get this started off on the right foot. So I won't be surprised if they come in and win this game. Uh, I know they're getting a point or point and a half, but I, I think I like Miami here outright to, to win this game. And I'm pretty low on Tennessee as well. I think Mariota is probably going to play a little bit better than he did last year. I don't know. He didn't really show a whole lot, I don't think, last year. So I think he's going to be a little bit better and improved, or at least I'd hope so. But I'm just not uh, – I think Tennessee is just not uh, not much of a contender. And I think the like, – yeah, like I think you mentioned earlier about them you know, making a run, and I just don't I don't see it happening this year. I think they're going to be due for a little bit of regression. So I like I like uh, Miami and Tannehill here to come back, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in this uh, barn burner of a game. You sure you, sure you like Miami outright or – or more of a spread bet, you think? No, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm debating <laughs> if I want to take that extra, you know, plus I was like, what a five. Or... Statement. We should get you a. You should, you should be a talking head on TV. Yeah, just Not like... only do I like Miami to win this game or to cover this game, I like them to win outright. It's like bold. Um... <laughs> yeah. No, I um, I actually love Miami in this game. Uh, I just, I've I've never really been a huge buyer in the Titans or Mariota. I think they're both okay. I'm really um, rich. Yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I th- I think that Tennessee heading down to the Heat, Miami, with just a horrible year last year across the board. They you know they get rid of Sue and Landry, who were probably their some of their most talented players, but also just never really had good chemistry. And you know Sue, for as talented as he is, just never really did much in Miami. Um, so I don't really think it might be a little bit of a addition by subtraction type deal. And uh, I think Tannehill is a huge upgrade. I'm not, I'm not even a big Tannehill fan, but um, I remember we were talking at the beginning of the year last year, and we were like, you know, once Cutler kind of gets in sync with his offense, like I think there might be a buy sign on Miami, and um, you know, I, I'm kind of more of a He's fan of waiting. Cutler than most people, and uh, that just really didn't pan out at all for us. And then I'm probably more me, me more more so than you, but um, yeah, it didn't happen at all. And Cutler was just atrocious, and um, from all everything I've heard just wasn't really that great in the locker room and um, just across the board. It was just a bad, bad atmosphere and bad chemistry there in Miami. So I think getting Tannehill back, who is well liked, um, I I don't know. I I think there's a little bit of value on Miami. I don't necessarily think they're going to be a great team overall this season, but I just think in the spot, it seems like every year there's a couple games where one team just blows out a team that you wouldn't really expect. And I just, I don't know. I just have a sneaky feeling. I might look like a complete idiot, but I have next week, but I, I do have a feeling. That I think Miami might win this game and might win fairly easily. And, uh, interestingly that I think people might overvalue them because they'll keep looking back to this game for five or six weeks and then realize that they're really not that good. They just, uh, again, everything went right for them this game. So we'll see if it plays out that way or not. Um, but yeah, I kind of like Miami here in this one, uh, and I'll I'll jump out on that limb with you, and I'll say they win this game outright. Wow, yeah, that is bold, bold cotton, bold. <laughs> so that's the end of the early games. Now we head to the four o'clock Eastern games. Pretty good one here, AFC West battle. Got uh, the Chiefs of Kansas City heading to the LA Chargers. Uh, the Chargers home favorites, three and a half, and a total of forty-eight. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers minus three. The Westgate Open, Chargers three with a total of 48. And I don't know. I uh, don't have much here with this one either. Like I said, I'll have opinion on a few games, but not a whole lot like we said at the start of the pod. But I think if at three and a half, I think the Chiefs are probably worth a look. I see a few three and a halfs out there. Actually quite a few. Uh, 
three and a half. So, I mean, I think that'd be the way I'd lean uh, with three and a half in the Chiefs. But it's just hard because this Chargers team has so much talent. But I know it's just they don't have much of a home field advantage at all, obviously, when they're playing in their soccer stadium. So, uh, um, and I guess I'm really looking forward to see what Mahomes is like because I'm really not too high in Mahomes. I know a lot of people say that he's going to be good and Andy Reid knows how to tweak these quarterbacks and make them get to the best of their value. But I just don't know if I'm quite on board yet. So I kind of one of those things, not that I'm saying it won't happen or can't happen, but I think I kind of just need to see it first uh, with Mahomes. So I might have to see a game or two before I start uh, back in the Chiefs or betting against the Chiefs even before I have a, a better feel for the, for that team. But you know, currently here, I think I lean uh, with the Chiefs here if you can get three and a half. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way with on the Mahomes deal. Yeah, a lot of people seem to be super high on them, and I'm just I don't really have any <laughs> empirical data or evidence to support this, but I'm just kind of hesitant to buy into them for some reason. I don't know if it's just because of the I, I I read something that in the Texas Tech offense uh, when he went to college at or whatever they just uh, basically just hooked it up downfield and basically you know either had long completions for touchdowns has worked against pretty terrible big 12 defenses or you know sometimes they get picked off or whatever but they just keep chucking and keep chucking and somebody asked him for like a simple read or a simple check down or something in uh an nfl preseason game and he's like what's that we never had to do that at texas tech so i've heard a couple things like that that are a little Jeez. scary and i'm just a little hesitant to buy in uh, i definitely respect andy reed's ability to groom quarterbacks and manage offenses so um, I don't know, I'll, I'll be willing to change my opinion if I'm wrong on this, but at least for the first half of the season here, uh, I just don't really have that much confidence in Mahomes, and I think the Kansas State defense is going to be pretty horrendous. But on the flip side, the uh, the Chargers bandwagon has just been ridiculous this preseason. Which year? Have, the what? Which year are you talking about here? This year or every year? Yeah, I mean, every year, like, them and the Bucks seem to get a huge bandwagon just about every year for the last five years. But um, this year, I think all the Bucks bandwagon people just jumped over and joined the Chargers because it's just getting out of control. We got more. And, we got room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a really long train, and I'm sitting there at the station kind of watching it leave. And I might do one of those things. If I see enough good stuff here, I might just jump on the back and kind of grab the rail and, and go head out of the station with them eventually. But I'm definitely not going to be one of the people in the front seats because I think you're paying a premium for what the Chargers could be. And there's there's a chance they could, you know, they have, they have talent, but they really haven't upgraded that much. You've, you know, the guys have gotten a little bit older. I wasn't, I haven't been a fan of their coach. I, I don't think he's been that impressive at all. I've always kind of been a Rivers guy, but the, when also the Chargers, are they a team that really covers many point spreads? They're usually the team that, wins or loses by a field goal. I remember we kept joking last year, like you don't even have to hardly evaluate the game. You just look and see if anybody's more favored by more than a field goal and you just take the underdog regardless in Charger games. So um, anyway, I'd have to lean to Kansas City, but the Mahomes factor just kind of scares me where I don't totally feel comfortable doing it. So it's interesting though. A lot of the games I think are the most entertaining or interesting to watch, like Houston, New England, this game. Um, I guess even... For me, like the Vikings, Niners, I really don't have much betting interest in them. But then you get a game like Tennessee, Miami, that should just be a couple dogs fighting her out, and um, I know I have way more interest in that game. But anyway, no, no real opinion on this one. I'm definitely not going to be involved from a betting perspective. Next game, kind of an interesting one as well. You got Seattle heading to Denver. Denver's a three-point favorite with a total of forty-two and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Denver minus three. The Westgate open Denver two and a half, and the total of forty-four and a half, and I got a, money, a little bit of money on Denver already here. 
Um, I like uh, I like the Denver side. I guess I could say. Uh, if anything, uh, the one stat that I've seen or heard around been thrown around here quite a bit is Denver at home in the first few weeks. I don't know if you. I'm sure you heard that too, but I think it definitely makes yeah. sense and something to at least bring up here. Just in the high altitude, altitude. that like, kind of like we mentioned earlier about getting in sync with your offense and stuff. I mean, the same thing goes for just playing at a high level. It's I mean, you're especially when people playing like, yourself in the game shape. Yeah, exactly. So especially like you mentioned that not many people are playing in the preseason and they're kind of taking it easier for injuries and you know to preserve themselves to go for this whole season long. So going to the high altitude, they're just not going to be in game shape ready. So and this is a this is the type of deal where you got kind of like Denver second half, kind of like over second half, uh, and then. I, I do like uh, the Denver side for the game, um, so I think that's the way I look here. I just uh, I'm not a huge Keenum fan. I think he's going to regress a, a great deal from what he played that super caliber MVP style of play with the Vikings, and then he had a lot more people and a lot of more weapons around him to help. Um, but I and I think uh, you know, like I said, I think he's he'll be serviceable, but I think he's going to take a step back. But I think I still like Denver in this game here, just uh, with all the mention, all the reasons I mentioned. So yeah, that's the interesting part because I'm. Not a Keenum fan, even as his, even as he was succeeding last year, and I think he's going to significantly regress and be way worse than he was with the Vikings last year. But at the same time, um, I still think he's going to be a pretty significant upgrade from Osweiler and Paxton Lynch and the trash they were thrown out there last year at quarterback for Denver. So it's kind of a weird, uh, you know, I don't know, not predicament, but kind of a weird, uh, you know, situation out there where um, if I just take it, look at it from one perspective and not factor in kind of both tokens of the coin, I could feel very strongly either way. But when you factor both in, they almost cancel each other out where I'm not really sure how to evaluate Denver going forward here. Um, as far as Seattle, it's been interesting how there's been a lot of buzz about you know their demise. And uh, while I'm not a huge Seattle fan, I do think Russell Wilson is just a really good quarterback. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't really feel comfortable betting either team in this game myself. This will be one where I'll just kind of sit back on the sidelines and hope to gather some information to take going forward. And um, But uh, another one I'm curious to watch this. we got a pretty good afternoon slate so far. Um, next game is Dallas heading to Carolina. Looks like Carolina's a, a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite at home with a total of 42, 42-and-a-half. Yeah, this game about mimics exactly the game we just talked about, the, the point spread and the total, just about the identical here. Carolina minus three is my power rating. The Westgate opened Carolina two and a half, and uh, the total is open at forty four and a half. So basically, just uh, identical across the board. And um, this game, though, um, I'm a little bit lower on both these teams. I think uh, Carolina definitely took a step back last year, um, so you'd expect them to kind of play a little bit higher caliber this year and maybe have a chance at the division. But I just don't really see it. I think uh, they're going to kind of be a little bit duller still. And uh, Dallas, I think the kind of the same kind of story. I think it's just, you know they had obviously everything with Zeke happening, and and with that it was a tough deal. Uh, Dak took a little bit of a step back as well in his second season, and I don't really necessarily see him coming back to life. I mean, I I, I could see him having a little bit higher ceiling this year, but I don't know for this for this specific game, I don't really have a whole lot. So I think it just leave it at that. I think it's just a pass for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like either team. I'm kind of down on both of them. I think Carolina has a little bit higher ceiling, but I just don't think other than McCaffrey, who I'm kind of lukewarm on, like do either of these teams have any playmakers? And then Zeke, I guess, you know, he's, he's good, but kind of like I said with Fournette, a running back in today's age can't carry an offense, uh, especially if, unless your defense is elite. And I don't think either defense is going to be 
overly impressive, and I don't think either offense is going to be overly impressive. So if you force me to pick this game, I'd take Carolina, but I also don't really feel like laying three with a team I'm not that impressed with. So if it got to two and a half with no juice or lower than that, I maybe would take a bite on Carolina, but uh, I think I'll probably just be watching this one, and hopefully one of them kind of sneaky looks under the radar sneaky bad so we can go ahead and fade them going forward without uh market overreacting and crashing on them too much um and kind of the black sheep here of the afternoon games but also kind of an interesting game you got washington heading to arizona arizona one point favorite and a total of 43 and a half yeah my power in here washington or sorry pick them no washington no arizona just to pick them uh westgate open to pick them and the total was 44 um, another game I just don't have a whole lot on. I mean, I just, uh, like I said earlier, I think Washington's going to struggle a little bit this season. I'm, I think Alex Smith, Alex Smith played pretty good last season. He made some plays, a lot of those dink and dunks, a lot of those, what wheel routes from the running back that I, they throw it over the top from the linebacker. I don't know how many of those we saw that they did pretty well out there at Kansas city, but I just don't like the Washington, uh, the whole arsenal people that they have. I just don't think it's going to be much of a winning, uh, recipe. For for even though I think Alex Smith has a, uh, you know he's got a potential, but I just don't like the cast around him. So I think uh, I think Cousins filled a lot of those holes, which is at least what I'm hoping for from a Vikings perspective. But I feel like he covered a lot of those holes up from from good play. Where I don't know if Alex Smith's gonna be able to do that. So um, I think Washington Washington's gonna take a little bit of a step back this year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that defense plays. I don't I don't they were pretty atrocious last year. If they can improve it at all, I'm not really too. Optimistic about that, but uh, and then Arizona has kind of seemed like a similar deal. Sam Bradford, I think uh, he's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's got anything left or if he's going to be able to stay healthy. And there's a lot of question marks with both these teams, and I just don't really want really want much part of either of these two teams. So I mean, if I had to lean anywhere, I'd probably just take uh, take the, the points here and, and go with Washington. But uh, I I really have nothing much on this game at all. You mean take the point? <laughs> I, I see a point point and a half. Chris, I know, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you, but Chris what you're forgetting here though is Alex Smith wins football games, okay? His career record's 88 and 62, and he's just a winner, okay? So, That's a good point. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's a fairly significant downgrade from Kirk to Alex Smith. Cause I, I think if you put Alex Smith in you know, the Kansas City offense that wasn't the most explosive in the league but had a decent amount of playmakers, um, and then back to his San Francisco days, had a pretty good offense with uh, – with a pretty good coach, and both and both at both spots, um, I think he was just in really good situations, and you know, just kind of managed the game, dinked and dunked here, and and did okay. But now you put him in this Washington offense, they really just don't have much, uh, you know, ability or really many playmakers in that offense at all. And I'm not a huge fan of uh, Jay Gruden, the coach, and so I, I'm pretty down on Washington to myself. Um, I think they'll they'll probably be you know somewhat middle of the road, maybe a I don't know, six and ten, seven and nine type team in my opinion. And uh I just don't think Alex Smith is gonna be able to carry anybody and I just don't think they're talented enough for him to just game manage them to wins. Uh I think their defense has been bottom ten for like five years in a row. Um so I I'm just pretty out on Washington. I think Arizona's kind of interesting. They're more of a wild card. You bring in Bradford, who's pretty good when he's healthy, and he's healthy right now. Uh who knows? if he'll be totally acclimated to that offense yet and fully healthy. Cause I know he had a weird, I think it was a bone on bone knee situation last year that looked like he might never play again, which was part of the reason he's on the sidelines for the Vikes, but he was suited up as the backup. And then obviously passes physical. 
with the Cardinals. So he, if he's healthy, which apparently he is, um, I think he's easily a better quarterback of the two. And then you know, David Johnson on the Cardinals and Fitzgerald, I think those two are better than anybody Washington has. Uh, the defenses are probably a wash. And I think another interesting wild card, not only Bradford, but the uh, new Arizona head coach is the old uh, Panthers D coordinator. So who knows? Uh, I, I was, a, I was a fan of Arians quite a bit as the Arizona head coach, but it seemed like he was kind of, I don't know if his message was just growing dull or he was kind of losing the locker room or the players just, you know, maybe they just weren't as good, I guess, late in his tenure there, but everything just kind of seemed to stop working for whatever reason last year. So, um, Normally, I would say, oh, it's a pretty big downgrade at head coach. But from where Arians was at the end of last year, I really don't think that's the case. So I don't have an opinion on this new coach yet. We'll see as the season goes. But I think it's, uh, I think Arizona's worthy of a flyer here. And uh, I think I'd bet them at one. They're, they also have kind of a sneaky home field advantage, which people forget about. Uh, you know, if, if they jump out to a lead, that crowd usually gets rocking with the, you know, fly, birds fly or whatever the chant they got going there. And, you know, Fitzgerald catches a touchdown early. The place goes bonkers, and Bradford slinging it around. I, I like Arizona quite a bit. Uh, Sunday night game, we got an NFC North battle at Chicago heading to Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay, 7.5 point favor, the total of 47, 47.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Green Bay minus 7.5. Westgate open, Green Bay 9, and then the total is 48.5. Um, here, I don't know. I um, only way I look would be Chicago. The problem, little little bit of hesitation with Trubisky. I mean, you'd assume here this would be the sophomore season. Here, you'd think he'd take a step forward and be able to show a little bit of something, and that's what the the hope would be from a Chicago fan. But I just don't really. I was I was in on him a little bit earlier last season, but I don't. Know, I I think I kind of soured on him just a little bit. So I don't know. He's another guy that's kind of like Mahomes. He's gonna have to prove it to me. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to take this uh, this team forward or not. So I'm a little bit hesitant, and that's why I haven't put a bet in on this game, but that would be the side I am looking with Chicago. The other problem, too, is with the Khalil Mack uh, acquisition, it's just I don't think it's going to make as big of a difference with the team as the public is trying to – or the you know the media is trying to make it out to be. So that's Especially the, week one. Yeah, especially week one, exactly. So it's one of those deals where the point spread moved a little bit because of that, and I don't think it should be moving like much at all, if any. And uh, so that kind of puts it in the negative direction. Otherwise, I feel like this this game had a chance to get up to ten. I think if we if they wouldn't have Mac in there and just the public jamming, especially if you would have got it late before the, the Sunday night kickoff. So I'll probably be staying away from this game, like I said, unless it does go the other direction. But I think it's pretty unlikely it's going to at this point. Uh, the one thing I do like in this game is the under. Um, if you can get it, I, I, I'm going to get a 48, I think. But uh, there's 47 and a half is the the widely available number. But I feel like this is a game primetime game where. Public's going to be betting the over, and I don't really think you're in any hurry to bet this game. I feel like that, if anything, it's probably going to get bet up before a kickoff here. And um, I, I think uh, this would be a game, like a division game, prime time, uh, pretty high total. I know you get uh, Green Bay with their high-powered offense and Rodgers, but like we said earlier, I think it's going to take some time for everybody to mesh, and I feel like Chicago's defense is, is, is going to take a step up. I know Mac's going to help that, but I think just their defense as a whole is going to step up a little bit, and they're going to be a little bit, uh, you know, rejuvenate a little bit from last year so i think uh look it's worth a player worth a look at uh, 48 47 and a half somewhere in there on the under well i don't think you uh heard the report that trey burton the chicago tight end he called their offense unguardable so i don't oh, know if you want an under oh, oh never mind side is unguardable so i guess i better switch that to an over bet huh <laughs> <laughs> lock in the over um no i i pretty much agree with with you on the side uh, i lean to chicago but then when you know when it comes down to it you're betting on Trubisky, who I don't really have a ton of faith in, versus Aaron Rodgers, who 
you know, who he's kind of hard to tell if he's back healthy. And I really don't like the rest of the roster, though, besides him. And I just think they're pretty talent devoid and or devoid of talent, I guess, if you want to <laughs> phrase it properly. And uh, and then I don't like McCarthy at all. And Chicago, they, they have been getting a little bit too much buzz for me as a sleeper. And uh, yeah, especially with the Mac deal, I think I think that might actually hurt him week one because he's supposed to play some. But there's no way he can grasp the defense in like what it's been under a week or maybe a week before they get to play. Um, that just seems like not enough time to get acclimated to your new team surroundings, scheme, just everything. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like this game could play out if if it's one of those, you know, Rodgers isn't fully in sync and the players around him aren't that great and they, they don't jump out early. I could see this kind of being just a kind of a lower scoring, like you said, back and forth game and um, the seven and a half points feels like a lot. But if Green Bay jumps out early and then you put it on Trubisky's shoulders to try to come back, um, then I, I think that could be a tall order. So I I would lean at Chicago and take the points, but I also I don't feel confident really in it at all. So um, this one would be kind of another one. I think it's a pretty interesting Sunday night game, but I probably won't be involved. If anything, I'll go Chicago. So here we got two Monday night games now. They do the doubleheader. And neither of them are particularly interesting, but the first one we got is the Jets heading to Detroit. Looks like Detroit's a six and a half point favorite with a total of forty-five. Yeah, my power in here, Detroit six and a half. Westgate open Detroit minus six and a half, the total of forty-four. Um, yeah, I mean that's another game. It's just I don't need to belabor it. I don't need to talk about it. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't have much like at all in this game, so it's just an easy pass for me. I think uh, it's going to be the dud of the two. I think the next game will be a little bit more interesting, and we're going to gain some more information from it. Uh, a little bit more firepower. But this game here, I just, uh, I, th- I think this is, uh, you know, about right here, and I think it's about right on. So I don't have much, and uh, if you don't want to force it, you might as well just make a pass. Yeah, I, I don't want Darnold on the road, going into uh, in a prime time, uh, on his first start ever. I, but I also, I have no interest in Detroit laying near a touchdown. Uh, I do, I wasn't a fan of Caldwell, so potential chance for a coaching upgrade. But I also. From everything I've heard and you know, seen with New England's defenses and the history of Belichick disciples and other spots, I don't. I'm not super high on the um, the future success of the, what's his name Patricia either as the Detroit head coach. So uh, for the time being, I think this is yeah, about as easy a pass as it gets for me. Then the late Monday night game, we got the L.A. Rams heading to Oakland, and the Rams are laying four. Uh, a couple four-and-a-halves on the road here, a uh, total of 48-and-a-half, 49. Yeah, my power rating here, Rams four-and-a-half, Westgate open, Rams minus three, and the total 49-and-a-half. Um, no, really, no really opinion here on the total, but on the side, I actually already got a decently sized bet on the Rams at three. Obviously, that's already been gone. Uh, three with a little bit of juice, I should say, 120. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much gone four. Now we're sitting four, four-and-a-half, so. I lean with the Rams, but, uh, I mean, you're getting to the point here where you're kind of, you know, getting closer to my numbers, closer to my power rating, and not a whole lot of value left, I don't think, on the Rams. But I just like, uh, I think the Rams are going to come in here. I think Oakland's kind of going to be, you know, a little bit of a downward spiral type of team. I think they're going to kind of be preparing for next year, uh, maybe prepare for the move to Vegas. And uh, I don't think uh, I don't think Gruden's going to be able to help out much. I think he's going to be a little bit of a learning curve right away. I think he's going to be a little bit, uh, you know, the old guy trying to figure it out. And uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I'm not really not really too high on this Oakland team this year, and I think that's why the point spread kind of shows that here in this game. 
Yeah, that's what I, um, you know, Jeff Sherman, the uh, one of the odds makers at the Westgate, he tweeted out back in, uh, what was it, April 19th here, the uh, the Westgate openers, and he's got it, or he, he said it was the Rams minus one and a half, and uh, I, you know, whatever commented on that tweet and just basically gave my initial reactions, and uh, I was like, I, you know, I said that this game's definitely going up. Um, I like the Rams quite a bit. And uh, I said it goes off at at least three. And, uh, you know, that's definitely proven pretty pretty true here. Um, just basically I don't know where that one and a half n- on my number just says three, so I don't know where that one and a half was. I don't know. I'm not sure where that was. But, yeah, it does seem really low. Well, he tweeted that was the opener, so I assume it was at least up there for a little bit. Um, unless he changed his mind before he posted them. But he, anyway, um, so it's just you could just tell. I mean, even then it was – um, there's a little bit of Rams buzz and a little bit of negative Oakland sentiment, but as the summer's gone on, it's just kind of skyrocketed. And then the Rams have been, you know, they added players left and right, and um, their buzz is just out of control now. And then Oakland people have just been making jokes about how bad a coach Gruden's going to be and how out of touch he is. And then the, the Mac trade, and there's just been a ton of negative Oakland sentiment. So now uh, I, I can see why this line's moved so much. And my initial reaction here, Based on that would be, well, you have to jump in and take the home dog of, you know, four, four and a half at home on the late primetime game where weird stuff happens all the time. But, you know, that being said, I I don't know. I, I, I've i never been a fan of Derek Carr. I've never really been a fan of the Raiders overall for the most part the last five years. And I really, I don't know, I just don't really see Gruden being that good of a coach. So as much as, like, Blindly looking at the situation, I think it says there has to be value on Oakland and you should jump on them. Uh, I just don't think I can do it. But uh, like I said, whether it's one and a half or three, you miss the boat on the Rams completely too. So don't way I'm going to lay four with them here. So um, I don't even know. I'll, I mean, I'll stay up to watch this game, but I'm not even really looking forward to it that much. Um, I think the Rams will probably win, but we'll uh, have to wait and see. So that'll that'll do it. That wraps up the uh, entire week one slate. So that was that was fun. It was nice getting the juices flowing a little bit and kind of getting back in the swing of things here. So I can't wait for the game tonight, and then can't wait for Sunday, and and even those two garbage games on Monday. So uh, that was fun. But uh, ready to get the picks of the week here, fired up, Crabber? Let's do it. The AS pick of the week. I don't know. Do you, you don't have the records on hand from last year, do you? What we were? Or? Yeah, give me a second here. I can pull it up. All right, because I'm pretty sure I got the tee box, but uh, I'm you know, sure you I don't do. want Yeah, so uh, you went 12-6-1, and one, and I went 9-10. and 10. Oh, well, let's, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and rip this drive down the middle here and <laughs> uh, keep it up, and hopefully I'll, I'll take that record right now if you want to give it to me, if we just want to fast forward to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, um, I mean, you can get the right. picks of the week, but too bad you can't be too profitable on your picks page, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely need to get that better this year. Better so. Pump the brakes there, Frankie. Uh, all right. Well, um, <laughs> I would have been uh, real tempted to go Cincinnati there, but since that number is probably down to two and a half consensus, uh, oh boy. Um, you know what? I think I am going to take the Dolphins. Take that point. So I'll take one game on the board one. I'm going for. Where are you huh? looking? You got to take the one game on the board I'm going for, huh? Um, yeah. yeah, that's where I was looking at as well. Um, you know what? I'll just do uh, my backup play. 
Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, take Denver. Uh, minus three, I think, is probably the consensus. It's a little bit of reduced juice there, it looks like. But you know what? That's fine. I won't need it. I think uh, Denver's going to win and get in there and win. So uh, we'll take Denver minus three points there against Seattle at home. All right, the old Keniac, huh? Getting right back after it. Yeah, a little. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried with the way uh, he'll play, but I, like I said, I think that altitude stat. I think that's uh, it's going to bode well, and I think uh, they might be able to come out a little bit uh, fresh out of the gate. All right, uh, sounds good. You got any closing comments here before we wrap her up? No, I'm uh, just uh, excited to get the season going here, get it started. Hopefully, we can get off on the right side of the uh, get off on the right foot. I was going to also say, you got any plays you're going to be releasing or think about releasing or? Yeah, I'll be releasing them here uh, before, uh, you know, either Sunday morning or before then. So, yeah, check out our picks page. I was going to say that at the end here, uh, you know, at roansports.com. Me and Rob will post any plays we release, and um, then we'll, you know, it'll track it as the year goes on. So you can check out our records from this this year, last year, the year before, uh, completely transparent. And uh, when we, when we'll post them up there, and it'll show on the page before the game kicks off. So, yeah, any other closing comments? Or? No, I think that's it. So, hopefully we can uh, get the season going and hopefully get in the positive here and get off uh, get off a good start here. Well, that sounds good. So, uh, thanks for coming on the pod here, Rob. We'll be back next week. And uh, good luck to everybody in week one. And can't wait to have football back. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 